that, you know, it's like how kids talk about baseball players. That's how we talk about albums. Everyone's always so busy kissing New York and L.A.'s butt. We don't, we don't do cocaine together. Mm, me gusta porno. That's the eternal question. That's all you're going to get. You're just going to have to wait. Season's greetings. It's the Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank Garcia-Hale. I'm Pat O'Brien, and it's that scent is in the air. It's that familiar time of year. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering Zwan season. Zwan season. But Pat, what is that that scent that's in the air? Hmm. Rainbows, acrimonious breakups, <laughs> um, and stickers. And yeah, free stickers. Free stickers. That's right. We are entering into Zwan season here on the Smashing Pumpcast, and we're talking about Zwan. Yeah, this is the first of, we're going to have a, a few episodes, obviously, on, on Zwan. It, um, I'm, I've been, I'll say this much, I've been, ever since we started the Pumpcast, my eyes have always kind of been on Zwan. Yeah. I've all, I've, I, of all the um, pumpkin, you know, related iterations and projects and stuff, Zwan is probably the one that I, I I have the most thoughts on, and they've I've had the fewest people to talk to Zwan about in my life. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so the, I feel like we've all we're all in a good place here, where we all care, we're all interested, and um, yeah, it's just like it's it's a band worth a little reexamination. You know, yeah. whether you are a big Pumpkins fan or not, I think if you're a big music fan, this is a very interesting little moment in time that occurred with all these people by the way pat we got some people to thank we definitely got some people to thank oh um, yeah we wanna, big big thanks we, yeah we want to thank our latest patrons on patreon um juliana thank you very much holly keller thank you very much um jack kamau thank you so much steven slash wings glued on 84 on instagram thank you steven and of course as a patron you do get access early access to our merch before it drops and the good news is right now our t-shirts are available to the general public um we gave first dibs to the patrons but now even if you're not a patron you could pick one up uh, we're very proud of them, so that's another great way to support the cast. And hey, look, kind of cool doing it. Very cool doing it. Uh, we'll have more new merch on the way, and patrons always get first dibs. So another great reason to become a patron. And of course, we have our Buy Me a Coffee supporters. Um, we want to thank, we want to thank these supporters so much for their very generous donation. Extremely generous. Like, seriously, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Huge, huge thanks to you. Yeah. People are people um, have been very cool to us, very generous, very supportive. So huge, huge thanks to Dean Schaefer. Mm -hmm. Or Schaefer. I don't know exactly, but either one of those, thank you. <laughs> and, but, uh, yeah. and Scott Masson. Yes. Thank you both so much. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. And if you're so inclined, check out our Patreon. Or if you don't want to commit to something like that, check out our Buy Me a Coffee, all available in our link tree on our Instagram. Yep, and you can find the links in our description. But in case you don't want to do any of that, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash smashingpumpcast. Cast is spelled K-S-T. Buymeacoffee.com slash pumpcast. And that's K-A-S-T. Uh, we're figuring out the buy me a coffee thing. We have to switch over on something because they're not accepting PayPal anymore, which sucks. 
Uh, but we'll, if we don't use Buy Me Coffee anymore, we'll figure something else out. So for those of you who don't want to use Patreon, but just want to throw a buck or two our way, give us a little thanks for what we do and uh, show your appreciation. If you think the show has any value whatsoever, you can do that on there. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, let's go through. This episode is basically going to be covering the history of Zwan, how they formed, a little bit about the members, and then we're going to cover their first ticketed show mm -hmm. at the Glass House. Yep. This was back in uh, 2001, right? November 16th, 2001. Mm -hmm. um, they were billed as the true poets of Zwan. Yep. And uh, yeah, we have a recording of it. There's, there's video of it as well. But um, yeah, with the full set is on archive.org. So that's what we've been working off of. Yeah, so that'll be coming later in the show. But now, uh, Pat, what's your personal history with Zwan? Take me through the feeling of pumpkins are done. Mm -hmm. uh, Billy's playing with New Order for a bit, right? You know, kind of going off, figuring out what he's going to do. Which, if you haven't listened to that New Order record, uh, get ready, do so. Yeah, it it's so my my history with Zwan is a robust one. I was in college at this point. So like I, I guess the big thing with Zwan in my personal timeline was like I was a huge pumpkins fan. I think my pumpkin appreciation only increased post breakup or or you know, during the breakup, like cause you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone type of thing. Um so it was very, you know, um I was a freshman in college at this point, um, and I was going to school at Purchase College, which is near to New York City. So I was hanging out, you know, I had friends with, as opposed to like when I got into the pumpkins, I was a child, you know, on watching MTV and, and like seeing a band that appealed to me. Fast forward to like, I'm in college, I'm seeing shows, I'm an adult out on my own ish, you know have a lot of friends with a lot of music knowledge and a lot of opinions and a lot of, you know, um, I, you know, I, I'm like learning all sorts of new stuff about music and different bands. So Zwan is interesting because for people who might turn their nose up at Billy or the Pumpkins, or for, for the more, hip, you know, early 2000s hipster set who might not think Billy was cool, there are people in this band who it would be hard for them to um, say the same thing about. So yeah. it, it was all that to say, I I was very excited about Zwan. I was very excited about the album. And I saw Zwan in 2003 in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, Must be nice. Well, it was also the first time I, because I, you right. know, I've, I have mentioned this before, but I never got to see the pumpkins in their original. 10 year you know uh run so this was my first time seeing billy perform live billy and jimmy and everybody um so i was very excited about swan but like i said it was also kind of a um like i remember taking some friends to go buy the album and going to the show with a couple of my good friends um but i feel like i was kind of carrying the torch for swan in yeah. my world at the time 
How about you? What was your, what was your Zwan situation? My Zwan situation was uh, so. I was also a freshman in college when I first started hearing about Zwan. You know, mm-hmm. on the message boards and stuff, you'd see like, oh, they're playing these secret shows and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they played the Glasshouse show and people were excited. And I remember the image of uh, Billy, Jimmy, David, and Matt with the elk. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was a shirt. That was available that was a for shirt. a while. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted that shirt, but I uh, wasn't able to buy it because, you know, uh, first year, second year of college, uh, very, very broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't able to spend the money like I was able to, you know, before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to get a job that didn't pay that great. You yeah. know, yeah. so it was it was a little hard for me. I wanted that shirt so bad, but I did save the image and it was my background image. For oh, time. yeah. yeah. I was so excited and I didn't hear any of the bootlegs and stuff. So I was waiting for the official release. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I was I was really excited about it, and I was like, man, uh, you got Matt Sweeney, you've got David Paho in this too, yeah. who I knew because at that same time I was starting to really get into you know college. You know, I was mm-hmm. in college, you're exposed to so much new stuff, and I was yeah. going to the University of North Texas, and I was a music major my first year, and I lived in the music dorm, oh yeah, uh, which was called Bruce Hall, uh, where all the like jazz majors and stuff. So there yeah. was music happening all the time. And because of that, I was constantly being exposed to new music, but especially older music that I had just completely mm-hmm. all the because the, at that time the Strokes were hitting, yeah, uh, yeah. White Stripes. So mm-hmm. I was starting to really get into like garage rock, yeah, uh, yeah. Nuggets, you know that box set uh, with a lot of the '60s yes, kind of yeah, garage yeah, yeah. bands. Uh, so my taste started shifting a little bit to like the lo-fi guided by voices. Right, I started right. getting into a lot, lot more lo-fi. Still a big Pumpkins fan, but they had you know been done, and I'm like, oh, I'm getting into this new stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was still excited about Zwan, especially since uh, I loved Chavez. You know right. that Matt was a part of. Uh, I, I loved all the stuff that. Um, Dave Paho. That Dave Paho uh, was a part of. So many bands to point to that are affiliated with the members of this band. You yeah, know? it just the, the the lineage is just like it's indie rock royalty. Totally. You know. Yeah. Uh, so I was really excited, and I remember at that time I was. I think I, I I'd gotten Mary Star of the Sea. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my complicated relationship with. Zwan because I was so excited and because I was so into the lo-fi sound and the fact that Matt Sweeney and David were part of it, I had this idea in my head of what it would sound like. Right, right. And listening to the show and like later on when I'd hear other Zwan songs, I was like, oh, this is what I was expecting. Right. So listening to this show that yeah. we're going to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wasn't much until much later that I heard all these like un- quote unquote unreleased right, Zwan right. songs. And I remember getting Mary Star of the Sea, bought it from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. I'm the enemy, I know. <laughs> but uh, I bought it from Best Buy and popping it in. I remember seeing the video for Honestly first and thinking like, okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I was into it, mm-hmm. but I was a little bit like, this kind of sounds like an extension of the pumpkins. And I was right. kind of hoping it'd be a little bit more raggedy, right, a little bit right. more indie, you know, given the who was in the band. Mm-hmm. And then I got the album, and I remember listening through it a few times, and I liked it, but I was kind of disappointed at how slick it was. Right, right. Yeah. And 
I think that I gave, I kind of, because I was into other stuff at the time, I didn't give them the proper uh, respect or attention that the band deserved. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until years later when I was listening through the album and even talking to you, because you're like, no, man, this is good shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I see it now. But the fact that we have access to all this other Swan stuff really paints the whole picture. Yeah. And the fact that he'll be releasing it as a box set mm-hmm. soon uh, through Sumerian. Yeah. I'm really excited about that because there's so many great songs that did not make Mary Star of the Sea. So I'm excited that we're going to be covering chronologically kind of moving up to Mary Star of the Sea. Yeah, I totally agree. Listening to this show, there are so many great songs. Um, and this show is interesting because um, you get to see because holy shit. I mean, first of all, just timeline wise. Yeah, this is the end. This is less than a year out from the final pumpkins show <laughs> yeah. which is crazy it is crazy that i mean it was that like fast yeah if you if you it's easy to kind of think like oh looking at albums like oh yeah pumpkins ended in 2000 zwan's first album was 2003 three-year period not true at yeah. all like it he you know this they were off to the races they like, were fine-tuning writing songs all right the fact that they have a show that's an hour and 15 or so minutes so many songs a material yeah. that's like good yeah completely realized yeah yeah. it's insane within that amount of time yeah totally and this is um even with these sort of not pono quality bootlegs that we're working off of this is an insane insanely tight sounding band yeah which is to be expected but i think that was sort of the premise of zwan it was like get these really solid musicians um get people who i mean it's funny because when you hear and we'll talk more about this throughout these episodes but when you hear the way billy talks about zwan like in the when things were still going okay or seemed to be it was like these are all really great people who all want to be here like we all want to be playing with each other all of that kind of ended up not being the case but yeah. you know this is it like i guess I guess this is a crew of people who they didn't need to be doing this. They're they're like rocking not because they need to, but because they they choose to. Yeah, they you know? choose to, and they they decided to be in each other's company. And that's funny. Let's talk about that a little bit about the fact that like the whole image of Zwan because Pumpkins ended so negatively. Yeah, that the whole Zwan image that Billy wanted was like very like, you know, it's rainbows, it's yeah. happiness, it's peace, it's love, you know? Mm-hmm. Even when you see interviews with them at that time, he says exactly that. He's like, I don't think these are just great musicians. Yeah. These are like the best people I know. Which, yeah, which is funny <laughs> because that flipped. It flipped uh, pretty uh, fast. It flipped to like, these are bad people. But yeah. um, but yes, and it was, um, oh, you know, you want to know another interesting fact no i don't just don't say it check this out okay so watching the honestly video which was like another i guess another thing too to point out just with the video and with them being on snl and stuff there was still like there was space at the table for zwan like people like in the mainstream like yeah. i remember seeing zwan like on mtv vh1 yeah it honestly was pushed pretty video. hard yeah it was a big deal you know yeah. um but the honestly video, which I saw a million times, I remember um, I had I taped it off TV because I still had one of those TVs with like the tape or the VHS thing built mm-hmm. into it, so it was still taping videos. Um, but then watching it recently or somewhat recently in the last year, 
And I remember the video because it's all of them kind of sitting around and you see them kind of smiling and chatting, but it felt a little like Put staged on. or something. Um, that video is shot where I got married. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly certain. I haven't watched it in a while and I'll, I'll confirm this, but I, I'm, I'm like 99.9% sure. That's amazing. That was a really nice... Uh... Not venue because it was outside. Would you call it a venue? Yeah. Yeah, and they do shoot like there's been shows like um, I know that show Another Period. Um, oh right, Central yeah, was shot yeah. there and like other stuff. You now that uh, apparently like one of the Scream movies, there was some scene that was shot there, but it's you know it's L.A. So like stuff LA, is filmed baby. everywhere you go. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had no like, and that's kind of it, it, through a weird series of events, our Pumpcast journey. <laughs> like uh, we both like we both had major life uh, events or like that began around that time which sort of oh, led that's so to that's so true i forgot <laughs> yeah it's very it's i don't know just kind of a weird little footnote but that sort of like my wedding um and frank and i both use pumpkins music at our weddings yeah. and stuff and but yeah, you of, had an orca like a small orchestra yeah we had like a little string you know quartet quartet or trio or whatever doing um today yeah i yeah. loved it i was like yeah pat yeah. yeah yeah as i was there i was like pumping my fist and i my my wife was like hey come on settle down settle down come on frank made a scene i did make a scene i was like let's play some more what else do you know let's rock Woo! baby screw the vows but uh pat you know that's so funny that you mentioned that it's so funny because that night is when i got really sick and had to mm -hmm. go to the emergency room where I found out I had cancer. Yeah. And because of that, going through that process, that's when we decided to start the Pumpcast. Yeah. We like we just kind of reconnected over. And also, it kind of coincided with the Shiny album coming out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it just It was, all merged. It all... It all merged. But the, yeah. let's be honest, Pat. You, you, you knew that that venue was where... The, the video was shot that's Man, why you picked it i i wish i knew i be honest. I, I was watching it and i'm like but come on come on you you had to know you had to know <laughs> howard i'm not saying anything what you mean to tell me you didn't even know look you know maybe maybe i knew no it's, hey how many it's... chicks have you banged <laughs> <laughs> you ever do uh anal you ever yeah, yeah. here's a sipian sit down on it <laughs> Um, but yeah, just a, just a little like f you know fun fact, I guess. I don't know if it was fun. I mean, it kicked off a not fun period. But it's so funny how the universe works in certain ways. Yeah, that we're here now on a sunny Saturday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, in and beautiful I, I, Los Angeles, talking about pumpkins, yeah. talking about Zwan. Yeah, and the trippiest thing about it is like my college, picturing my college self in two thousand three, watching that video, like, and never knowing that that's th this random place that they're Isn't in. Isn't that weird? Kind of pretending to be, not pretending to be friends, but you know, whatever, <laughs> would be where I got married. And yeah, yeah anyway, it's also watching footage from that time of Zwan when the interviews, because that's when the Iraq War, you know, the, yeah. the second one, you mm -hmm. know, broke out operation desert storm yeah. too um but yeah i that that time that too they were really pushing like peace love you know it yeah was, it was pretty political i mean mm -hmm. i mean zeitgeist came out out of that era too right yeah, yeah. and uh, i think people tend to forget that he was pretty vocal like <laughs> there was an interview i was watching that i thought it was pretty funny because he was slamming like rap music at that time he said you know that doesn't reflect the time period that we're in Mm -hmm. You know, because they're talking about going to the club and like right, all this other right. stuff. And then he says uh, about their music, he goes, okay, well, maybe it's not directly 
you know, uh, talking to the times, but it does connect to it yeah. because it gives you a sense of happiness and, you know, escape. Right. I was like, well, that's kind of what the that's rap music was doing, doing too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Just forget about all the problems, but whatever. I'm not going to fault you for that, uh, you know, double standard. But, you know, the whole, the whole atmosphere of Zwan was positive. Mm-hmm. You know, we're having yeah. a good time. Yeah. This is different from the pumpkins. Don't even expect the pumpkins. We're something completely different. We're friends. We're making yeah. positive music. We're going to make a positive impact in a very negative time. Yeah. Come party with us. And it also seemed to be a direct sort of um, response or, uh, you know, uh, a reaction to the pumpkins kind of overall to honestly to the 90s. Um, yeah. I, I, the I, new metal stuff. Another interesting, you mentioned the garage, just to like contextualize the time of music. There was so, there was the whole Strokes, um, White Stripes, and who, Hives, yeah, the and Vines. That, yeah, there, I feel like there's like the Strokes and the White Stripes who sort of stand the test of time as like really solid bands. And then there was sort of this lower shelf of like these kind of like bands that were jet. all yeah jet they were Not all to talk shit if you like jet but i, I don't no i i never it, it felt like it was this whole subgenre of bands that were just remaking songs that sounded like iggy pop's lust for life exactly just that riff like re you know redone um but anyway uh yeah there was that going on and then there was also this interesting thing that I feel like maybe Zwan was sort of a part of where the these 90s rock figures, kind of the ones like who survived, who made it out of the decade, were doing this kind of like strong reaction against the sort of vibe of the previous decade, the sort of mope and like gloom, you know, because there was Zwan, you know, aesthetically, that's what they were going for. And like lyrically kind of. Um, but then also there was like the polyphonic spree Mm -hmm. and I would even kind of lump in like, obviously the flaming lips had been around doing their thing for a long time, but they kind of popped off. Like they, they be like, they became, you know, they didn't become mainstream, but the mainstream kind of welcomed them in. So I don't know. It was this, this, and there was also kind of like with the polyphonic spree and, I don't know. Even Zwan, kind of. There were there were these vaguely religious like undertones mm-hmm. and almost like these happy cult member vibes, you yeah. know, that were going on. It's just like an interesting time, the early two thousands, and Zwan kind of fits into that. But funny thing about Polyphonic Spree because Tim DeLocker from um, Screaming uh, Trees, no, so, or from what, a was, Tripping Daisy. Oh, Tripping Daisy. So they were right. a Dallas right. band, and I grew up going to see them and stuff. And so when Polyphonic Spree started, every Dallas musician. Uh, you could think of her Texas musician was part of that huge ensemble, oh, yeah, including yeah. St. Vincent. And mm-hmm. a few of my friends were part of it. And my friend Roy Ivey, who played for uh, the Tadas, a mm-hmm. uh, local Dallas band. Uh, he said that they played Coachella or maybe it was a European festival and they were like all in their robes and they were backstage. Yeah. 
and Tom York was backstage and he goes, Oh shit, it's Tom York. Let's go talk to Tom York and stuff. And he's yeah. like, Hey, what's going on? We're we're in the polyphonic spree. We're such big fans. And Tom York rolled his eyes and said, Fucking Muppets. Then walked off. Jeez. What was he doing there? <laughs> Uh, he was wa- he was playing radio was playing and I think they were oh. watching some other band. Oh gotcha! Yeah. Oh jeez! Yeah. Wow! So, but he thought he thought it was funny. He was like, "Yeah, Tom York called yeah, us fucking Muppets." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Why not? It is kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, that that you're right. There was like this kind of like quasi-religious. I feel like um, spiritualized. Yeah. You know, BRMC kind of like they all yeah, kind of yeah. like the early. They kind of brought in this sense of like cool Jesus. Yeah. You know? Totally. Cool Jesus is. And we'll talk about it when we get to this song, but there's a moment which um, in this set that we're going to talk about where they're, um, I think it's Matt Sweeney and Billy, they're singing J E S U S, you know, like yeah. they're spelling it out. And it feels like we'll talk about it when we get to it. But to me, that felt like it spoke to sort some kind of like core of the the spirit behind Zwan as it was intended by those two right. guys um and Andy maybe Jesus Andy, Andy Jesus, Jesus who Sufjan Stevens I feel like elevated it to yeah. another level mm-hmm. speaking of like you know he did the Illinois album and stuff yeah, like that, kind yeah. of that connection well should we talk about the um we, you know we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll continue to sort of you know pepper in history and context of Zwan but let's talk about the members of Zwan um, that's right so it's a super group, you know. Yeah. And from the Pumpkins camp, we got, of course, Billy and Jimmy Chamberlain. And you know their history. We've yeah. gone through their history. You know who those you guys are. You know who they are. Yeah. And then the other, the the sort of other, you know, founding member of Zwan is, and kind of driving force behind it. Yeah. Um, kind of co-writer, too. Yeah. Matt Sweeney. Matt Sweeney. Who is, he's kind of this, like, I don't know. Matt Sweeney kind of occupies... I guess he's kind of similar to like a Dave Pod. Like he is the, the like the people in this band, including Pause and like like they're all very specific types of like really intense cred. Oh yeah, but kind of nomadic in terms of all the different bands and acts yeah. they play for. Like they'll show up, you know, they have these kind of well-known bands, but then they'll show up in all like they seem built for these kind of like stepping into other bands or getting involved in these kind of um super group or kind of like yeah. curated uh, band projects it's like mark eibold from pavement you know uh, joining yeah. sonic youth and stuff and, yeah. yeah and even like um um josh homie like he kind of puts together a lot of i feel like he, like if he were involved in zwan it wouldn't be that big of a surprise right you yeah know? like he did like one album with them or yeah, something. yeah or he has billy or any of these guys in for desert sessions yes you know? yeah, yeah yeah i i think that uh matt sweeney and david paho are the type of i think billy admired that yeah and i think that's what billy wanted mm-hmm. even within swan the mm-hmm. fact that there are two different versions of swan yeah or i guess three or whatever but yeah you know uh true poets of swan and the jolly swan right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like he kind of, i think they the idea was sort of like no one's here against their will people can not come and go as they please yeah but you know it's sort of like i think part of the premise was like it's not going to be like the pumpkins i think maybe it turned out like Billy was kind of holding things to that standard or, or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or maybe people had different attitudes about 
whatever what you know the commitment or or the intensity of 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 commitment but yeah the yeah. rumor the rumor is that matt and david wanted to work the way they usually work mm -hmm. which is like a couple of takes you go in right. maybe even play it live yeah. you know like yeah. you're done with it you put it out into the world right and billy as we know is a perfectionist yeah and i think the old habits die hard especially that soon after the pumpkins yeah and i think that really rubbed them wrong during the yeah. recording process and how mary started the seed turned out too mm -hmm. and i think that's where the tension started building plus other stuff there are all these rumors and whatnot right. but yeah i mean he admires matt and or admired yeah they're old friends matt and david yeah especially He's, skunk yeah yeah he mentioned skunk in the liner notes of um pisces uh -huh. I, I think referring and siamese to, dream yeah yeah he mentions matt sweeney and siamese dream and i think he was referring to um was it frail and bedazzled yeah uh, how he kind of lifted um elements of that from skunk <laughs> Yeah, because I was listening through some of the Skunk songs. I wasn't familiar with them. I remember reading yeah. the liner notes of Pisces being like, oh, what does Skunk sound like? I mm -hmm. want to hear them so much. And then later on, I was able to hear them. And there was a song called Beauty Crawls. kind of has a frail and bedazzled mm -hmm. sound too. But if you listen to them, they're very much of like the late 80s, early 90s kind of grunge scene a little bit. Not grunge, but like I would say uh, like more like Mud Honey. Mm -hmm. They remind me a right. lot of like Mud Honey. Yeah, um, yeah. And so like, yeah, Skunk was a huge band for Billy. He was a big fan of them mm -hmm. and uh, would go see them all the time. And, you know, he put them in the liner notes and stuff. So I was always curious what Skunk sounded like. And it was much later I, I finally got to hear them where I was like, oh, that's what they sound like. Yeah, yeah. And so like Matt Sweeney would be sort of a peer of Billy's who with, you know, the mutual respect there, but who are kind of on opposite ends of the, the fame spectrum the mainstream fame spectrum. Oh, yeah. Like, Matt Sweeney is a guy who musicians know about. Yeah. Billy Corgan is a guy who musicians know about, but who also, at this time, especially the whole world, <laughs> knew about. Yeah, you can't avoid Billy Corgan right. at this time, even yeah. after the band is done. Mm -hmm. And especially with all eyes on this project being like, what's this going to be? Yeah. And like, Matt Sweeney, I, I was first introduced to Matt Sweeney when I was watching Beavis and Butthead, mm -hmm. and I was introduced to Chavez because yeah. they watched the video for Break Up Your Band. That's probably where I first oh, man. heard Chavez, too. It's such a fantastic song, and an amazing video that's like super lo-fi and it looks like it's a daytime show but yeah, it's basically yeah. like a male strip show mm -hmm. uh and they're playing their song break up your band as yeah. the the guys are doing kind of like their strip dance what was beavis and butthead's reaction to it because i i totally remember seeing this on beavis yeah. and butthead i can't remember and i'm sure it's probably problematic now this video is cool it's got something for everyone you know like whatever you're into like if you're into a dude wiggling his butt around they've got that <laughs> no thanks <laughs> if you're into lions they've got that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you're into horrible music they have that too yeah <laughs> yeah something for everybody <laughs> everybody sucks 
Yeah, everybody is stupid. Yeah, but that was one of the things that I like really liked about it was the fact that like I always love things that kind of since I grew up in such a like hyper masculine Texas. Yeah, yeah. being like, oh, I'm sure this kind of makes you know the, the things that challenge masculinity because mm -hmm. there's a band, especially their fans. Yeah, the probably demographic of their fans. That video is great because then like all hell breaks breaks loose and they end up fighting on the strippers mm -hmm. end up fighting on stage. It's really great. Yeah. But that album, especially like Chavez's two albums that they had, and they released an EP later on, much later on when they reformed. But man, post hardcore like Chavez is one of the best of the post hardcore bands. So if you're into like that sound, uh, I would recommend checking them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Matt Sweeney's, just some of his chops. He's also been involved in um, a million things since since this time, too. Um, he was involved with Josh Homme in the um, Iggy Pop album that came out like oh. five years ago, which was great. I didn't hear that or he one. played in the... Oh, it's great. It, it's sort of uh, post-pop depression. I think okay. he played in the band on that tour. I don't know if he was involved. In, he might have been involved in the album, too. Yeah. But it's a great album. It's kind of like Iggy Pop's... I think it was Josh Homme going, going like, I want to make a really great Iggy Pop record that kind of harkens back to the Iggy Pop records that I grew up with. You know, yeah. it's it's great. It's a it's a really solid album, and um, there's even a, a live album of the tour, post pop depression. You know, yeah, live. So yeah, it's great. It's really a bummer to hear those allegations against Josh with from his family. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much. I say pretty much, but how can you really sum up uh, the the rich history of Matt Sweeney? I mean, the guy is, he's such an eccentric too. Any interview you watch with him, it's very like unpredictable. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he's just kind of an unpredictable dude. And recently I saw on Instagram, because I follow him and David Pajo, or maybe it's just David Pajo that I follow. I know we follow them on the Pumpcast account, mm -hmm. but they were together recently. Oh, really? They were like taking pictures and stuff. Oh, yeah, interesting. So. Uh, maybe they were trolling since uh, Zwan has kind of come back into the yeah the ether I mean, with the the Zwan account on Instagram and talks of Billy saying that he's going to probably put together a Zwan esque band or Zwan together, but with him and Jimmy and maybe Jeff and then oh, fill out the rest. Yeah, mm, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, so at this point, so then you know we mentioned um, Dave Paho, mm -hmm. member of Sl uh, you know of Slint.
Papa M. his own act uh, stereo lab many he's a he's a tortoise, similar yeah. yeah tortoise Similar character, um, where he's he's pops up in all these kind of very credible bands. Great musician in his own right. I would say he probably pops up the most than any other indie artist. Yeah, like he he is everywhere and, and he tours with everyone. He's since played with like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Interpol. Um, Interpol. Uh, yeah, most yeah, recently. Most I recently, think. and then next year he's touring with Gang of Four. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. there you go. Interesting, like you know, and it, it is interesting to think like, because we're we're sitting here hosting a pumpkins podcast with a with a pumpkins that has several years ago celebrate now celebrated its thirtieth anniversary. So it's kind of like it's become this like set in stone kind of behemoth of a band. But at this point, it's like they were a huge band, but they were over, you know, ten years, you know, twelve years, whatever. But really, like, kind of less than 10 years in the public consciousness. Um, so it was like all these people who kind of moved from band to band or project to project with Billy kind of doing the same thing, you know? But like, I guess the question was, and the answer kind of ended up being no, is like, could Billy, did he want to? And could he sort of step out of the shadow of the pumpkins truly? And, you know, we learned a couple years later that like, he didn't really want to, you know, he wanted that back all along. So it is it is interesting because, you know, you're saying before about like how recent, like it's almost like dating someone new when you're not over your previous, when you haven't really taken the time to get over your previous relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's not probably going to work out well. Yeah. But at least this band's not called like the mashing right yeah uh, somethings or something like that you right, know what i mean right. where it's like wait you're dating a woman with the same uh, name <laughs> yeah. you're you're dating someone with a slightly similar haircut right uh, you yeah. have a type yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it, it's i mean uh, yeah but this like i think that's why he he chose matt and david because it mm -hmm. really does kind of separate it enough from the pumpkins where you're like oh this is nothing like that because yeah. of their pedigree and uh are, were you familiar with slint I was familiar with Slint yeah. a little bit, yeah, at the time. Um, I had gotten into Slint because, you know, um, my good friend who I went to go see Zwan with, who was not really, like, I don't think was, like, that excited. It was kind of like, oh, I'll go because, you know, Just Dave Pajo and, like, these other people. Like, was not necessarily a big Billy booster, but, <laughs> but that's the thing about Zwan. It's like... It's tricky for people who would denounce Billy for whatever reason. Oh yeah, because they got to be like, well, you can't. It's it. If you're a rock fan, uh, you know, at this time, it would be hard to be like, 
pre totally prejudge Zwan or not be a little curious, you know? I only knew one other person who was excited. Everyone else, all my snooty college friends uh, who were into the Stooges and, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, they, <laughs> they were, like, very... Uh, shitty about it mm -hmm. they they were like no this sucks this is stupid and i'm yeah. like no man you know i was holding even more so than with pumpkins in later era yeah i was yeah. even more like holding water for zwan just to yeah. be like hey, oh, me hey. too yeah it was i feel like i was the only one at my college who was but i was like vocal about it and i was yeah. like involving people about it but <laughs> i kind of gave up after a while but i at least had one other or maybe one or two other friends who were excited too yeah but they were very quiet about we were very quiet about right it in, yeah in conversation yeah. But yeah, so like, yeah, you said you were familiar with Slint. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, I had started listening to Slint, I think in high school through, you know, a friend of mine who um, I, I shared a lot of music with um, and Chavez. Like, I kind of like just had made friends who, which was what, which was what was cool because unlike getting into the pumpkins when I didn't know shit about shit, I just knew it was on, I like... I could kind of contextualize um, this band a little bit based on these other bands and kind of appreciate the different places they were coming from to form this band. So yeah, even 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 without having heard it, I was kind of impressed by by the setup, you know. Yeah, I I was a big fan of Spiderland. Oh that yeah, that was one that was introduced yeah. to in college. That's what I listened to. Yeah, Ooh, I listened to that album so much, especially when studying and stuff. It was just like one of those albums. Yeah, that's like oh, this is great for like having on and just totally. Kind of like, it's ja it's like jazz, pro you know, yeah. jazz rock kind of like it's, it's jutted great. guitars. You know, like yeah. you always yeah. hear like people say, yeah, it's like it's very like jazz indie but rock. It's it's really beautiful. It's a great album. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, it's classic a really album. Classic album. You, that's why you see it on. A lot of best of lists and stuff like that about like best indie albums or best albums, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Give it a spin. Tortoise, were you familiar with Tortoise? A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe I played catch up when I when this band when Zwan was being announced. But Same. I, I think I I think I did know about Tortoise um, yeah. at the time. I would hear about them here and there from like people in my dorm and stuff who were yeah. into like post rock and stuff. You know, like cool oh, people liked Tortoise. Yeah, very cool people. Cool people in the know. Cool indie people love Tortoise, and rightfully so. They're very like they're kind of like slint in that way where it's like a little bit more jazzy yeah, and experimental yeah. and stuff but uh yeah they're pretty good i i like them and papa m is just his like kind of solo stuff where he gets to kind of do whatever mm -hmm. he kind of whatever the hell he wants or it's under various things like ariel m m and you know papa m. Yeah, yeah yeah and he's released i think he's since released some um under the name just paho too at least like yeah. an album or two in in more recent years and when swan started out the paho was playing bass Right, that's right. So this was a this the Zwan we all kind of know um, when the album came out was a five piece. This was still a four piece, um, and then of course later at this point, Paz was not in the band. Not uh, yet. Yeah. yeah, but her sister Anna was playing uh, 
cello mm-hmm. with the Jolly's one. Right, the acoustic right. act along with uh linda strawberry right right it was part of that band because jolly swan if you didn't know is like the acoustic version right of Swan. Is it, it was do- gonna be jolly dolly or jo- it's a jolly it? it's called okay, jolly. So you say the j in it yeah it's like it's basically the d is kind of silent but jolly's wrong. okay at least that's sure how i've heard it supposed to be like dalai lama i always thought the j was silent but i that, again yeah. no one said these words out loud you know i, 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 I was I, privately reading these like liner notes I only know from other podcasts and stuff that say, like, even like uh, SPA to Z, I think they, they call oh, it okay, Jolly okay. Swan. I, I can't remember if that's the way. If it's if it's not, then uh, that's on me. Uh, you can take me to task for it if it is more like um, a Dwali or, you know, Jolly. Hey. I don't know. Hey, you know, I'm not the best. We're trying our best here, here, you know. But yeah, yeah, Paz uh, eventually joined. They had met each other when she was playing in a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. is funny because of the james connection too later yeah. on yeah i mean she's another character and she's not we'll you know we'll talk more about her too but i mean we might as well talk about her now yeah. she's 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 not in this show that we're talking about but no. she's another one of these figures that is like she's obviously now um she replaced kim deal in, in the pixies, in the pixies yeah. several years ago um which is cool yeah I wasn't totally clear on her timeline in A Perfect Circle. It was when they started. So she was there from the beginning. She was there for the first album and I think the second album. I was a big Perfect Circle fan because I saw them with Nine Inch Nails. Me too. I So that's where I, that's, yeah. I think that's, and it was before they kind of, because they had radio hits. Mm-hmm. It might've been before they were even on the radio, but I, I, I saw them with uh, on the Fragile Tour in yeah. Buffalo with Nine Inch Nails, and they were awesome. They so. were great. That whole show th- was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were great live. And uh, Paz, is, I thought, was a great bass player. And I had a big crush on her, of course, like oh, everyone yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. But it was... Um, yeah, it was really cool when I found out that uh, she had joined the band. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's such a cool personality and a cool fit for like a Billy type of project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she was playing with the Perfect Circle, and I guess at a certain point she had left. I don't know what the story there was. Uh, but then she ended up going back. There was a time when she and James were both in the band, or no? I'm not sure no, about that because after after that second album, I kind of lost track. Yeah, of the band. I did too. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of wasn't as interested anymore. Uh, so I'm not sure about that timeline. Yeah, it's just interesting because it's like you know, you, if you were to if someone were to draw the sort of um, map of all this, uh, just all the connections between bands, like it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and then you got the Pixies, which spawns a whole other tree. Of, <laughs> yeah, that's of, just a, uh, bands. It's just like the the timeline branching in uh, Loki at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but so that you know, uh, she's obviously a huge part of the band, but not in the band yet. Yeah. But yeah, just another one of these kind of like like super credible rock solid like rock people who has played with all types of. Like, cr- 
crazy resume yeah like crazy long resume like all the rest of the members the of pedigree band. of this band is intimidating it's yeah. astounding mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah um well let's get into the show yeah and let's do it keep i'm excited about to talk about this yeah yeah so they had a fir their very first show unofficial show was um november 14th 2001 at track 16 gallery which was an art gallery and uh, the band was billy jimmy david and matt mm -hmm. and it was a secret show at a small festival called rawa r-a-w-a -A. i don't know if that's i'm pronouncing that right but uh the band also backed will odom mm -hmm. talk about indie royalty yeah you know like Bonnie that's Prince a guy Billy. who's jesus christ like yeah so much stuff uh but yeah bonnie prince billy so there was that connection mm -hmm. and i think will oldham was supposed to work with billy even more i think in futures one projects too mm -hmm. and will oldham and matt sweeney i think are currently doing uh yep. have an album together super super wolf or super wolves one of the, uh, one of the two i can't remember but it's one of those but it's yeah. cool i listened to some of it it's great it's, yeah, it's, yeah i took a listen uh not too long ago yeah but that's another indie royalty Make I build roads in the sky, I've got blood in my eyes, I've got melody on my mind. When you're rolling with me, it can be easy to feel, yours could be in common with mine. But, uh, but then a couple of days later, as you said earlier, November 16th, 2001, uh, that was Juan's first ticketed event, mm -hmm. built under the name The True Poets of Zwan. Yep. So it's you're seeing, you know, this. I don't know how big the audience was. It was it. It sound it's they're an enthusiastic Ooh, audience, super enthusiastic. Um, but relatively small, probably certainly by you know pumpkin standards. Yeah, I've, I've never. I don't know what how big the glass house is, but I assume it's something small, like something like Spaceland was, or like the Echo. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't say Music Hall of Williamsburg. That's a little big. Yeah, but like yeah. like a Saint Vitus or you know something right. like that. Yeah, that's know? probably where they were. Like, because I saw them at Hammerstein Ballroom, which is like one of those medium big, you know, medium sized venues. Yeah, uh, but that when was they, a couple years later. When they came through Dallas, I think they either played. Uh, Deep Ellum Live or the Gypsy Tea Room. I can't remember which venue it was, but uh, R.I.P. Uh, to Gypsy Tea Room, which is no longer there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it's it's and this was a, a crowd of people who. How much did they know about what they were I seeing? Think, I think they knew. I think they were well aware that they were going to see because it was a ticketed event. And yeah, it's like Billy yeah. Corgan's new band's one. Right, and you can tell because the audience is fucking. Pumped. yeah they're yeah. ready to see billy and like the moment that they start playing uh, a, a huge um, uh, response yeah you know and yeah. then as soon as billy starts singing even oh more. it's crazy yeah the response to first hearing his voice because i think the pump like the way the pumpkins bowed out like they weren't like people still wanted more you know yeah. so um, you could definitely hear it in the response to billy up top in the recording you could hear somebody say Whoa! Holy shit! Is that that's James on bass? Oh god! <laughs> it's like, ooh, oh, yikes! Yeah. Racist. Yeah, racist, <laughs> and also like, what? you think after all of that he's just gonna rejoin uh, this new band on bass <laughs> for some reason? Like, come on! Uh, Use your head. Hopefully that guy gets slapped. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine like the energy in that room. What? Luckily, I think we we've dealt with some pretty uh, 
bad bootlegs in the past, mm-hmm. uh, especially that final Metro show, Wolf. Right. But this one Not is bad. really great. I really, I really appreciated the sound quality. It sounds like board quality to me. I thought it was. Yeah, it's it's surprising. Um, yeah, and it's you know. And we'll put a link in our description so yeah, you can uh, listen to, to the archive. Yeah, the whole show is there. So let's go through the, through the set list. The first track they play is called Chrysanthemum. Yeah, so of course, energy's high for mm-hmm. this one. Uh, this was not one that made it onto Mary Star of the Sea. No, but man, it's a great song. Um, it's really great. This, it's sort of a, um, yeah, it's like really an. Ex- it, it's it's part the crowd response, but the the whole you know product of the playing and the reaction is like this very exuberant vibe. Oh yeah, and they they're. It's like a on like a, even it's got maybe it's just the live version, but it's all a little more like aggressive than a lot of Zwan songs in a way. Maybe it's just the live recording of it, but it's got like a little bit more of an aggressiveness than than certain Zwan album tracks. I thought absolutely. I think it's Jimmy's drumming too. Yeah, it is yeah, insane, insane. Jimmy's but on fire. Listening to this, I was like. I mean, I'm going to say this a couple of times, but it really wasn't. I know there's only so many songs you can put on an album. Mm -hmm. I was like, this should have been on the album. Yeah. This should have been a single. I bet, honestly, honestly, Mm -hmm. I think this is a better song than honestly. I mean, it's this would be a great opening song and and a great first single for the the album. First one, I just think that it would have been... And maybe this is where the disconnect for me, where I'm kind of like, I love Zwan. I do really love Mary Star of the Sea. Uh, but hearing them live, it's like, oh, I wanted a little bit more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do really like hold the, the album in high esteem, and we will obviously get to that album. Yeah. But hearing this does... Um, because I hadn't really, other than seeing them uh, live, I hadn't really... I hadn't watched this performance or listened to it, um, you know, back in the day or ever, you know, I, I, until recently. And yeah, there are these sort of, it does feel like it gives you a little bit more of a sense of, because it's so early in the band's history, kind of what the band members intended for the band, you yeah. know, kind of collectively. Yeah. Maybe as opposed to what wound up on record. Yeah, because this whole show, if you're kind of iffy on Zwan, I highly recommend that you listen to this show. Yeah. Because I think that if you're like, I don't know, I think this would change a lot of people's minds on Zwan, just mm-hmm. listening to this show, because it is, I, I think it's just front to back a really great show. It's it's tight. It sounds great. And this song, especially leading it off, it was just like listening to this. I was like, whoa, this is pretty incredible. And I would have like just blown out, you mm-hmm. know, my my butt just kind of yeah. like excited shooting off to the moon if i would have been there in person mm-hmm. yeah this seems it seems like an incredible show to to yeah. have attended yeah it, it's you know 
it's this song is kind of like a, a real statement, you know? Yeah, it's like, here we are. We're here swollen. we are, and we're fucking good. And yeah. we're like, you know, hold on to your butts. Yeah, we've come together like to, and we're we're here to rock hard, and they they really do. They really did. Yeah. Um, and then the next song we have is Permanence. So this, uh, one of the the notes, oh yeah, we should give major, major thanks to Mm -hmm. spcodex.wiki, spfc.org for this research stuff that we're pulling from. We're basically just reciting it. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it says on there, it is believed the song evolved from the melancholy era demo, Have Love Will Travel. I can hear it. This one sounds a little more pumpkins-y in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, another great song, you yeah. know, lyrically very interesting. It feels like these are all kind of thematic, like you're getting these themes of kind of like uh, religion and love and kind of like rebirth. It, like definitely it feels like a lot of these songs are like referring to the past and kind of looking to the future. Yeah. The sound of this, I like the feel of it. Mm-hmm. I like the feel of this song. It yeah. probably wasn't my favorite of the set because mm-hmm. um, there are so many other stronger songs on there, but it kind of felt like pre-Killers to me. It felt like yeah. this could have been a Killers song. That's you know? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, not my favorite of the tracks here, 
uh, especially after Chrysanthemum, it just rocks so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, it's another great track. I just like the feel of it. Yeah, yeah. And then the next song is the first one that we hear from Mary Star of the Sea, El Sol. And it sounds great here. I actually think I like the live version better than the album version. I mean, when you hear this version of it, it's like, oh, no wonder this one made the album. Because yeah. people go without. So the fans here are excited to see Billy and possibly the you know the other musicians, but they didn't know the songs. Yeah. The response to this song, like people get on board with this song, Immediately. the sunshine, and I feel like this, this to me kind of encapsulates like what. Um, the what the what's what Billy and Zwan were trying to put forward the vibe they were trying to put forward of like sunshine, different kind of like, you know, not like um, suicidal rock, but sort yeah. of like fa- you know faith based rock, yeah. you know, but like but really without good. being like you know shepherd in the light, yeah, power of his and, glory. And, and we keep saying that, but it is there's like a real tongue in cheek quality to all of that too. Like there, yeah. it's like having fun with that or kind of like, you know. Um, you know, like it, there's there's a sense of humor about all that when I Absolutely. say like they're not actually making Christian rock proper, but um, <laughs> yeah, people really get on board with this song. Like people, it feels like the first couple songs they're just like the crowd is excited to see the show and excited to see Billy. By the time they get to this song, the crowd feels like they're they're amped on this particular song. Absolutely. And how can they not be? This recording and this performance is stellar. Mm-hmm. I, it's one of my favorite from the sets. And I was just like, man. And then I went back and I listened to the album version. And I liked it. That was yeah. one of my favorites from the tracks uh, from the tracks immediately when mm-hmm. I first picked up the album. But just has this energy and this yeah. feel to it. Yeah. That just like so much. And then afterwards, you hear, Billy, you rock. And I was like thinking, oh, how does that make the rest of the Yeah, I know. A lot of Billy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but it was. it's a really fantastic track. Um, and yeah, it was just cool to hear. So this is the first time that they're playing this live. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, in front of an audience like this, right? Right. And man, just to think about like how if you're standing there and hearing this it's like you're part of that energy it's Mm -hmm. exciting yeah yeah it feels like a really special show for sure all right well the next song they play is the empty sea
the MTC. Uh, when this started, <laughs> there was one lady who screamed really loud. Oh yeah! During this song, and I was like, "Oh, did she think they were playing something else? Like, Possibly. I wonder if they, she thought they were playing, um, <laughs> like, like a pumpkin song, yeah, maybe yeah. or something." But uh, yeah, this one I, I really liked. Uh, but I thought that the best part of the song is the ending. Bro, oh yeah, you know, because honestly, I think the song kind of started losing my attention halfway through. Yeah, and I was like, "This is good," but I just wasn't as into it. And then. The way that the end builds oh, the, is the picking, incredible. Yeah, J Jimmy really gets cooking at the end as the pace picks up. Yeah, it's. I agree. I totally yeah, agree. I think it made the song for me. It made it worth the the price of admission. Yeah, you know? this is one of those great build um, songs. Maybe it's just the way they're playing it, but it's yeah. yeah. It's amazing like the the um this band is able to do kind of like you know because they set out the baseline of the song then they're able to do these like musical gymnastics with it like they're all oh, yeah. so tight like they're you know i i wrote down like guitar gymnastics just as a general note but like certainly jimmy it goes without saying like he's just like an Monster. athletic drummer like yeah, just he's crazy yeah yeah i guess you could say he's what pat I guess you could say he's glorious. Yeah, uh, from the get-go of this song, I already liked it. it. It reminds me of Sunny Day Real Estate meets Big Country. Oh, two two very cool bands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just feels good. I, I wanted more of this. When I was listening to it, I was like, oh, man, 
this is this is kind of the sound that I wanted mm-hmm. from Zwan because it felt different from the pumpkins, but kind of a little bit familiar. But it felt more like David and Matt's kind mm-hmm. of projects, like that three thirty ish to three forty mark. It's just really exciting to me. I wrote yeah. down, "Holy yeah. shit!" I, it almost kind of had a "Ain't seen nothing yet" vibe with mm-hmm. uh, Billy's cadence, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that five seventeen, that great solo. Oh um, yeah. in that pretty great fake out at the end mm-hmm. and just like ah, oh, just this whole track for me is uh one of the standouts i really really love yeah this that shredding guitar solo yeah it sounded pumpkins-y but it's like what does that mean you know it did that that guitar solo in particular took like reminded me of the pumpkins but oh, yeah. it's like a little starla-ish yeah 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 but to say it reminded me of the pumpkins is an easy thing to say because it's like Billy singing but but in particular <laughs> this guitar solo not all these songs the, the nice thing about zwan though to their credit is maybe i don't know like when i listen to them i don't think about the smashing pumpkins mm-hmm. necessarily i don't like they're doing their they're so solid that you don't you're not making that comparison you're not immediately you're not com- running everything through a comparison filter or at least i yeah. i don't maybe some people do i feel like when you approach zwan and something that i learned over time it's like when we know this as new york transplants to la yeah. you know yeah. moving from new york to la and apples the, and oranges the, yeah exactly uh spelled in the way on a door right um, except when you move from new york to la or vice versa that that's it like you, this first year you just you wind up in you boring conversations about like how you miss those the differences <laughs> yeah you do spend a ton of time comparing but then but I that's think, the that's the thing the advice that usually people give you is like it's never gonna be new york yeah it's stop its comparing. own thing yeah it has its own beauty and wonder yeah like and once you start accepting that and accepting like what the it is yeah and yeah. the things around it, you're like oh right these are mm-hmm. two separate things and they're both great yeah and i guess the pumpkins would be new york and swan would definitely be la yeah yeah sunshine that's the reason i say that <laughs> And rainbows. And rainbows, of course. We There's no rainbows rainbow. in New York. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. are constantly. We're lousy with rainbows. It's yeah, every day. Yeah. I guess there's really there's probably more rainbows in New York actually because there's rain. Yeah, <laughs> we don't get rain out here. Um, all right. The next song is "Cast a Stone." I think this is a cool composition. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's really good. And that, that was this was another one where I was like, why isn't this on Mary Star of the Sea? 
Yeah. The crowd also sounds like a, a Beatles concert mm-hmm. at some sometimes, which is funny because of what it leads into next. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I thought this was a great song. I thought there's moments too, like throughout this set, just paying attention to these songs where you start to hear shades of sort of like um, future Billy, like lyrically and stuff. Like, it, it, you, you know, it, it sort of creates a dividing line between everything that came before. And there were a few moments where I kind of, it made me think of like more recent pumpkin stuff or mm. more, you know, like just lyrically, because it seems to be Billy kind of talking about his own perceived persona, you know, which is yeah. not not new, but it's sort of like maybe as a new perspective on it, officially being out of that previous band that made him famous. Yeah, I really dug this track mm-hmm. and I thought it was kind of fitting how, I don't know, it just, it was a pretty smooth transition to go into Don't Let Me Down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a fun cover. They sound great. Yeah. 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 So they do Don't Let Me Down, which is great. Yeah. People get psyched on that. Yeah. I mean, this feels like just a bunch of musicians who like having fun. Um, Good musicians having fun. Um, And then we get into one that we know off of uh, the album, Jesus I. I, uh, so the lyrics are adapted from a hymn. So it's like a variation of that. Well, we can talk more about that stuff when we mm-hmm. carry, uh, when we cover Mary Star of the Sea. Um, I can't remember. Does this match up to the recorded version? I should have compared them side by side, but it felt like there was a different energy to it. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the energy from Billy in this song. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this one that kind of had like what I was talking about earlier, like spiritualized mm-hmm. BRMC vibe to it. The early BRMC, not like the later yeah. Wingstop Rock type of BRMC. <laughs> I, I love how it breaks in, you know, mm-hmm. and that waiting for the man detour that it takes with the Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. 
I love that slowdown and change up into the solo. Yeah. You yeah. know, that actually has like a Starla feel to it to me. that chant that you're talking about. I mean, the chant is one of my favorite moments in this whole set, if not my favorite moment, because it feels like this, like to me, this is like a moment that I think pinpoints kind of like the premise of Zwan in its like most innocent way, where it's like, (laughs) we're good. We like, it's like, we're going to have fun. We're going to like, you do this kind of Jesus-y like tongue in cheek stuff. But just the the chant, like we're gonna like rock, we're gonna re- it's like referencing, you know, like older, like you know, certainly like Gloria or like S A T U R D A Y. Yeah, basically Night. rollers. Yeah. So I I just really and I think it's Matt Sweeney and Billy and maybe other members of the band singing this, but I just I love this moment. I think it's so fun. And um, yeah, kind of just like a little encapsulation of what I think the pure spirit of Zwan was before things went to shit. It's fun. I mean, it's it's a really great track, and it sounds just it's so alive, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that uh, did I hear wrong when they chant the J? Is it I heard J E E S U S? Yeah, the spelling's a little. There's like some glossing. <laughs> you really have to fit J-E-S-U-S. it in. Yeah, I know, I know. I have to, uh, like. I, don't I thought they were saying like Jesus, like with like Jesus. You, you might have to, <laughs> to make it work. Wait, J E E S U S. Or I yeah, know I know, I know. I think they might have fudged the spelling. That reminds bit. me of uh, remember Andy Blitz uh, on Conan. He would uh, do those audience bits where he'd try to lead the chant, and it'd oh, go yeah. way too long. Yeah, yeah. And, and he'd couldn't. be like, "Everybody, Conan, let's go because we yeah, all yeah. like." Yeah, it's hard to yeah, it's hard to memorize on the fly. <laughs> let's go, yeah. Yankees, let's play better baseball and win more games so that your level of play reflects your high payroll so people don't complain that you're overpaid because, come on, that's no fun. Trust me, I was once accused of being an overpaid piano teacher (laughs) i needed money bad to pay my cable bill so i rode around on my bike and put up flyers that said i will teach you to play the piano only come on forty dollars a lesson a lady brought her 14 year old kid for a lesson and his name was Eli. And when he came by, I said, Eli, where 
here's your piano. And Eli said, I thought you had a piano. And I said, why would I have a piano? And Eli said, because don't most piano teachers actually own their own piano? And he had me there. So I just said, well, mine got stolen. I think my cleaning lady took it when I wasn't looking. It's okay, I still have a lesson for you. I have a chair that looks like a piano bench. Why not practice centering your gravity on the chair while I go in the other room and finish watching, come on, the Shawshank Redemption. 45 minutes later, Eli woke me up on the couch and said, I don't want to practice sitting anymore. And I said, I just had the weirdest dream. Come on, I was in the ocean and I was drowning and Morgan Freeman was the lifeguard and he came over on a piano bench and instead of rescuing me, he just made fun of me into a megaphone. He said, ha ha, you're drowning. And everyone on the beach laughed at me. And then I said, Eli, you owe me $40. And he said, that was a terrible piano lesson. You're overpaid. And I realized he was right. And it made me feel bad. And I don't want you to feel bad, Yankees. So play better. You get what I'm saying? Go Yankees! Oh, so then this is where we also get like a little bit of banter and we get a taste of uh, Matt Sweeney's mm-hmm. uh, sense of humor where he says... You know, why, uh, you know why girls dig Jesus so much? I don't know. Because he's hung like this. Oh yeah, 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 and he does. I assume what is the uh, arms out? Wide. Yeah, the arms out. Yeah, the arms wide open. Yeah, um, and Billy's response <laughs> to that was really funny. I find that morally offensive. <laughs> funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it really does give you a sense of his uh, Matt Sweeney. You know who yeah. he is. Yeah, as a person. Totally. Uh, then we get into the Shining Path. This is what I think makes Juan really interesting to me that didn't make Mary Star of the Sea. Mm-hmm. And because it feels like gospel y and country ish, mm-hmm. very, very different. And this is where I feel like Matt and David live. Right, right. And totally. And you know, ironically enough, this one also kind of reminded me of pumpkin stuff more than most of the other ones like it almost i don't know if this really? is the right one it almost more toward, like a james track toward movie. the end it took on like an i was hearing like some shades of ugly or something like that like oh. sort of a like 
mu- more muted. Yeah. Like a B-side. Definitely pumpkin B-side, uh, but like somewhere on like You looked very defensive there. Yeah, not like that. not like pumpkin album track, but like something you might find on um Aeroplane Flies High somewhere. Yeah. Very deep in there. Like on the 33 single. Yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. really grows on you i i I really enjoy it this is another sort of um by the end i'm really hooked on this song type of song it's a grower not a shower yeah Yeah, it's kind of got like this alt country feel to it, you mm-hmm. know, like an old 97s or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, I really liked it. And it, I know this isn't the lyric, but I, I laughed at I thought it said Tuesday wine. Oh, yeah. Tuesday wine. Well, lyrically, I mean, the lyrics are transcribed for a lot of these, but it's not all perfect because a lot of these no. songs, there's not an official lyric sheet for. So. Also, Pat, I feel like a real damn fool because sometimes when we have to reference lyrics, we're going off of websites and stuff right right apparently genius is really bad about like i was listening because uh um scott from local h has a a podcast called lifers Mm -hmm. and they were complaining about how like a lot of the like genius and all these places that people go to for lyrics that they're completely wrong. oh and then it's just the same shit just gets copied exactly that's what he was million saying times over yeah it's it would be that would be really annoying because yeah. then the inner like you can't undo that like yeah, the rest that's what of he was your like. life like it's the wrong you know but i think they released the official lyrics on their website but yeah i wish that would be a really good project for the pumpkins to do is to have official lyrics for like all their songs yeah yeah um but yeah, I, I really like that change up around 3.30ish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I really like where the song goes. And at the end, I just really enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and then this one was used on the Spun soundtrack. Yeah. Um, which... The late Brittany Murphy, Jonas yeah. Ackerlin, yeah. I guess I did. I do remember seeing that movie to, because of the Zwan connection. And I think... Oh yeah, okay. So I think also the number of the beast the Iron Maiden acoustic cover, which I think Matt Sweeney sings, is also on the... I'm just looking at the um, Honestly single, single, which I've dredged up recently. Yeah. But yeah, I think a couple of these songs on the Honestly single are also on the um, Spun soundtrack. Yeah, I we have to cross-reference that because a lot of those songs from the Spun soundtrack have not been released, but will be released once those one right. box set comes out. Because that's one that like... But if you happen to be listening to this... And you have the spun, you know, audio, uh, audio the uh, the full tracks. Please yeah. send it to us Shoot because us we would email. love to cover this in our odds and ends after we finish Mary Star of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we really want to uh, cover that because that I didn't get to see that movie. Uh, I don't remember. Seeing it's it, it yeah, I I look like a great crew. You know, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's definitely it's one of those kind of. It feels a bit like a movie version of, well, I guess there is actually a longer, there is a longer version of the Try, Try, Try video, like a short right. film version, but 
Yeah, it's got like a it's it's drug a drug movie with like frenetic that crazy editing. Oh, it's like style. Requiem for a Dream. It's got Requiem, Train Spotting. Oh, it's right. like one of you know, but there's something about the way, and I haven't seen it in so long. But there is like visually just the way he shoots things, like it does kind of. Um, it, 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 it's got a gritty quality to gritty it. Gritty and sort of like saturated or like kind of contrasty. Yeah. Like it feels a bit like the try, try, try video in some ways. Like sort of some alarming, not alarming, but like uncomfortable to look at types. Like yeah. I, I think there's one scene over a toilet with just like shit in the toilet. Yeah. Like, you know, just some sort of like. He's he's big on that type of stuff. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, I think he was the one who directed the Turn the Page video oh, for yeah. Metallica, and that that was tough to watch, you know? So well, I think like, I bored people with my Jonas Ockerlin story, which was I had to run, oh, right. run around New York City finding a specific type of um, potato chips for him. <laughs> I forget which flavor. It was like, uh, you know. Miss Vicky's. <laughs> yeah, it was like either Miss Vicky's or like those kettle. One oh, of those, kettle, yeah. yeah kettle. One of those. If it's New York, then definitely kettle. Yeah, yeah. but it was like sweet onion taste teriyaki or something and i was going into like every bodega in manhattan trying to find these type of chips oh, for jonas um but yeah i think that uh i think what kept me from watching that movie was uh this was something that most dvds suffered back in the early aughts mm-hmm. was the god awful uh photoshop jobs that they would do on these oh, dvds yeah, yeah. i think i was like ah, i don't really want to watch yeah. this looks kind of like whatever but i should right just watched it uh maybe someday we could do a screening of we could do a patreon thing where we watch spun i would love to do that actually do a commentary for spun yeah Hell oh yeah. well we should definitely do zwan on snl but we'll we'll. oh we're to gonna get to it yeah actually yeah that might be the next i know we we're skipping over other pumpkins things but actually, yeah that we'll would be circle good, back but yeah that we, sh- yeah, we should do that for yeah. zwan season So yeah, this song, what have they done to me? To me, there's parts of this song that sounds like jive talking by the Bee Gees. Oh, interesting. There's like a a Mm -hmm. certain bounce to it or something. Also has a set to rated Jerry feel. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I wrote down the exact same thing. Set the rated Jerry vibe. But I love the guitar noodling that you really hear come in around um, 310. It's like really beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's just great.
there was this weird mic boost or crack near the end with yeah. his vocal. Okay, I wasn't. The no, only I heard crazy. that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just be warned when you listen to this track that there's this weird, like, very uh, alarming boost that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, I think I like this one okay. Uh, it's not my favorite from the the thing uh, from the set list, but uh, still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One another song, you know, kind of about God, home, faith. Like all these songs, kind of have these themes to them. Um, but some of these songs deal with a little bit of sorrow. Yeah, this sounds like Matt's band Chavez. This sounds like the most like Chavez to mm-hmm. me. I love the way that it builds. And this one kind of feels like a Foo Fighters song. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way. No, like no. I mean, the Foo way. Fighters are great musicians, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the first two Foo Fighters albums, yeah, yeah. especially. But like, I, I still enjoy them. Mm-hmm. I just don't think. Foo Fighters is one of those bands where it's like, I love Dave Grohl and I love the band. But I don't love the albums post. Right. Uh, I think after one by one, I kind of was mm-hmm. like, okay, because it feels like if you take all those albums and take the best two songs from them, yeah. you have a really killer album. Right, right. But other than that, kind of feels like a little bit of filler and stuff, which is kind of yeah, disappointing. But... I know. I feel the same way. I root for them. I like them. Yeah, uh, I'll like, go see them live. Yeah, but they've never held. They don't. I don't know. They don't forge a pen. They, they don't like experiment enough or something. Yeah. They, they, Even yeah. when they did the Bee Gees thing, it was like, okay, that's fun, but it yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there are, there are parts that are insanely good uh, that get offset by some other stuff that feels kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this, this song has a lot of cool moments yeah. that I like. This is where I, I thought, uh, you know, the idea of uh, this band doing these guitar gymnastics, mm-hmm. you know, just like their skill is just on display so much. Um, yeah. And for this being a, a more or less like a debut show kind, I mean, they'd played before, but like debut real show, it's insane, you know, to, to see like technically a new band that is, you know, season, you know, completely seasoned. The main riff is really familiar to me. I can't place it either. But. Yeah, I had that same feeling too. It's a pretty good song. Uh, but the next one we have is Never Give Up. This one, I kind of felt like the way that you did with the last ones. Like, there's something about it that seems very, very familiar. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what it is, but I really like it. Yeah. I mean, it's lyrically, it's definitely got that sort of Zwan 
I don't, I don't know, for either forced positivity or like <laughs> tongue in cheek. Like, Never Give Up is up there, like with like Baby Let's Rock or something, yeah. where it's like we're gonna go as far away from like despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in the cage. But it, this actually did kind of for some reason remind me musically a little bit of a Machina song. Like yeah, something yeah. in the grander Machina universe. I can't say whether it's Machina 1 or 2, but there's yeah. something about it that that reminded me of a Machina song, which makes sense because Machina was not very far in the rear view at this point. And I might be wrong about this, but there could be a recorded version of this out there, but I really felt like, oh, I wish I could hear a recorded yeah. version of this. I just really think it would have made an interesting track, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on Mary Star of the Sea. I think it would have been like more variation. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think. Yeah, I can't wait for for this Swan stuff to come out because I'm sure there will be some surprises. Like, I maybe people out there know exactly what had been recorded and and not, but I don't. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Some of these you figure they might have recorded just to you know and then edit it out later so i don't know yeah and they do that radio performance with like riverview and uh, mm-hmm. spilled milk that yeah sound incredible yeah. like which can sound like their own like professional recordings totally. but we'll cover that later yeah yeah This next one is My Life and Times. down this actually kind of sounds like the band life and times uh which was a lead singer from shiner who had started another band they oh the life and time yeah yeah, i've heard of it yeah 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 great they have a big hit at one or not big but like a radio hit at some point uh i don't think they did they never kind of like hit that big but yeah it was the uh alan epley from uh shiner his other band but they're one of my favorite bands to see live But yeah, it, it just, the fun drum part kind of gives it this like extra dimension that keeps it from getting too stale, mm-hmm. I think. And the bass kind of sounds like Peter Hook. You know, it's kind of very Peter Hooky. Yeah. And you know what I thought of this one? I could see this. Well, first of all, I, 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 I think I kept hearing the way he sings My Life to You. Was reminding me of the way he sings Find Your Light on Schadenfreude, on Seer. Yeah. Was 
which made me think, oh, I could kind of picture a version of this song arranged and produced completely differently, and it would it could fit in on C- as a track on Seer. Absolutely. But I guess you could say that about a lot of songs if you gave it that Seer polish. But yeah. it did it. It's interesting because it, it did um, the even just the the way he sings that did remind me of this this much newer track. Yeah, good observation. I think like yeah, I could definitely hear a Seer treatment for this. Yeah, song. yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, it also kind of feels like U2-ish, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like, I really like it. I think it's not the strongest of the tracks, but it has a charm to it that really um, definitely endears itself to like, I, I don't know, I really like this track a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good track. It's interesting, has a charm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then the next track is one off of the Mary Star of the Sea album called Of a Broken Heart. This song, I think, was my favorite track off of Mary Star of the oh, Sea when I first got it because I just love it. Really, like, was like, oh, there's the heartache. There's, yeah, there's you know, yeah. I just really, when I had a radio show uh, at, at in college at uh, University of North Texas called Frequency Down. Oh hell yeah! Um, I would play this during every Valentine's Day. I'd have a like songs about love and heartbreak. You oh know? nice! And it'd be like love songs and heartbreak songs, and yeah. I would always throw this in there. Because uh, I just loved it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, I just the the lyrics. Not impressed by your loneliness, you know. I just I don't know. It was already a hit into. Uh, it was already a hit with the crowd, right? And it also live. It felt more like kind of had a fade into you quality. Yeah. And I, I really like the backing vocals that you hear live. I assume that's Sweeney. That's um, Matt Sweeney. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't check out the footage from that to see who it was. I don't know because there is footage of the show, but the footage ends. Maybe there isn't footage of this particular song because there's like footage of the first forty minutes or something. But um, yeah, you know, this is one of the ones that that you know from the album. But um, yeah, it's just just like super super good live um love hearing like sort of uh, i love billy singing along with other people you know like you don't hear it that often but it's like a little treat when you do absolutely so this was a cool version for that for that reason the other titles that this one had was and so i died of a broken heart and until i died it kind of went through different variations but uh yeah i really like this performance it's one of my favorite zwan songs so it was cool to hear it like, mm-hmm. in its early version, um, even yeah. though it didn't change too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, something we forgot to mention about My Life and Times is that uh, it was on the bonus DVD called For Your Love that was released with Mary Star in the Sea. Did you get the one with the DVD? No, I have my CD right here. I do still have the stickers in there, but... Yeah, no, I didn't. I feel kind of screwed. I wish I did. Well, you can find the DVD, I think, online. I think you could find it on YouTube. 
So maybe we'll do like a, a you know an extra episode or maybe a Patreon episode. Yeah, that would be covering cool. that uh, DVD. But I would like, like to do that because I'd like to see more visual evidence of Zwan. You yeah. know, like I, I'd like to like sift through that a little bit, especially the the album process. You know, yeah. recording the album. Yeah, because I I recently rebought it from eBay since my copy's in Texas. And I bought the one with the DVD, but I forgot that my DVD player doesn't really work. So it's hard to come by these things. Really I was just is. telling Frank I finally bit the bullet and bought a portable CD player to to because um, I dug out, you know, got, so dug out a lot of these CDs for upcoming things that we're going to be talking about. So yeah, you uh, there's do a it. lot of stuff that's only available on CD. Yeah, but, uh, we're we're heading into CD only territory with <laughs> Zwan, Future Embrace, and Zeitgeist. Yep. Uh, but which version of Zeitgeist? Woof. Oh boy, yeah. let's not even go there. Um, so yeah, that was the show. That was the set. Uh, yeah. Overall thoughts, Pat? I, amazing. I mean, honestly, like I think I still would have liked Zwan even if they were a little bit working out the kinks uh, on this first show. You know, I certainly wouldn't ju- like. I really like the album on its own merits. Um, but. Yeah, I was pretty blown away by this show. It's like it seems like an amazing night to have been a part of. Just great energy, and they they sound even on this this bootleg, they sound really really good. Totally agree. That's the butt. Great show. Like yeah. it really is. Like I, I I'm astounded by how tight and good they sounded so yeah. shortly after form. You know, they didn't spend that much time together. You know, no. like maybe six months leading into it. I don't know. I don't know exactly the timeline of that. But man, it's a solid set. The boot is really good. It's like board quality, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so definitely check out the link in the show description. Yeah, wherever you listen to the podcast, and you can find the link there to uh, listen to it. And archive.org has a uh, options where different forms that you can download the mm-hmm. show too so i highly recommend it. it even sounded good when i was driving here to record we're at pumpcast hq right now actually yep. recording face to face we yep. haven't done that in a while um that's probably really why it sounds a little different but um yeah I, I i was listening to it on the car and it even sounded great in my car so yeah i was walking around listening to it on just earbuds and stuff and it, it's it sounds good um yeah. so this is just the beginning of zwan season and yeah. we have a lot more to talk about but um yeah this is a great kickoff because to me and to everybody, I think what is interesting about Zwan is the collaboration, you know? And yeah. this is like the first evidence of this collaboration between talented people. And so far, things are looking good. You know, we yeah. kind of know the ending, so, uh, you know. How do we get there? Yeah. But this is, it's very interesting to trace the beginning, you yeah. know? And this, they, 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 you know, it's like this collaboration so far is working out well we'll yeah. see how it goes but and we're we're crowdsourcing a little bit seeing what uh listeners want us to do i know they want us to go most people want us to go chronological order yeah so i think pat the the thing that makes the most sense moving forward definitely that we have to cover is jolly's one yeah i think we're gonna have to cover those acoustic shows uh in one episode we probably mm-hmm. won't do like a you know, uh, track by track deep dive of these songs, but we'll probably give an overall sense of these acoustic shows that they played mm-hmm. as Jolly's Juan and maybe uh, the residency that they had at the Metro. We'll see, but we're we're gonna have at least one more episode before we get into Mary Star of the Sea. Yeah, yeah. we kind of want to give you an overview right before we get it, just like we did with Machina Summer. 
that's what we're doing with Zwan season. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a full season, and yeah, leading up to the album. Um, and then after that, after the album, we're going to do odds and ends. Yeah, because so there we're going to be in Zwan territory yeah, for a while. We'll be in Zwan territory for a while. Um, thanks so much for for joining us. Um, do check out the Patreon uh, if you're so inclined. And yeah, stay tuned for a lot more Zwan this season. That's right. You can find us on the socials, Twitter, Pumpkins Podcast, and on Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast, and cast is spelled K-A-S-T on Instagram. And again, uh, as we said before, you can find the links in our description for our Patreon or mm-hmm. Buy Me a Coffee and the link to this show. So check that out. Yep. And we're going to have some more Zwan um, stuff going on exclusively on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. And again, check out our t-shirts. And until next time, Zwan, Zweeties, never lose that feeling. feeling.